0: Hey everyone and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. As always, please make sure you are liking, sharing, following, subscribing to us on whatever streaming service you are listening on. Leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbours to come on over and have a listen. That support means the world to us each and every week. Today we are sitting down with Canadian country musician Jade Eagleson. He has risen quickly through the Canadian country ranks thanks to winning the 2017 Boots and Hearts Emerging Artist Showcase. Now, since that time, he has celebrated two number one hits and a debut album that has become the most globally streamed debut album by a signed Canadian country artist in history. It's a fun journey that began in the bars and honky tonks back in his hometown in Ontario. So, please enjoy our conversation with Jade Eagleson. Jade, let's start off with the new music video. Have you recovered from filming out there with Dean Brody?
1: I have. The funny thing about that video is that uh, we started at like super bright and early in the morning. So, we're like, there's no way we can actually like crank out a bunch of real beers. So, we dump them out and fill them with water. So, we it made it look good. There's definitely a few scenes in there where we're shaking them up and, you know, having a blast, but it's, it's so funny. I, I always thought, I'm like, how do people survive this? And then the director was like, it's like, no, no, don't worry. We got you covered. <laughs> and I know that
0: you were talking about your sunburn being out there in the sun all day. Yeah. What was that like?
1: It was, it was awful, man. Like I got sunscreen and like the thing about Dean though, is Dean, like he, I say to everyone, he gets more handsome by the second in the sun. Like He just <laughs> absorbs it. He's more youthful looking. I don't know what it happens. He's like, like, you know, how Superman, he goes in the sun and becomes more powerful. That's like Dean for sure. <laughs> and you had a chance to go back to the family farm
0: while you were filming with him and you have the country challenges that you're posting on social now what was it like how long has it been since you've been back to the farm
1: it's been i want to say almost a year since i've like been back for a visit um at least with my family I think with my family it's, it's almost been it's getting on it was getting on like a year and a half or something like that so it was great to be back there and, and see everyone again um it, it was honestly a ton of fun. And I think my, my folks got a kick out of watching that crazy, a bunch of stuff happen in a row. I can't give too many details on the next challenges, but they're, they're all funny.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. And in the past, you have talked about getting to a point in your career where you can take over the family farm, purchase it, make it your own. Is that still a goal for you at this point?
1: I mean, it was, but my my dad was able to actually buy it out. So now I'm just kind of like living this dream where, uh, you know, I can play music and like, you know, my job is one of my biggest passions. So I just got to keep doing this and maybe somewhere down the line, I'll buy it off of him. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But you know, the only dream I have going on for me right now is just, you know, releasing new music and, and really living in that. So living for the music and it's almost better that way.
0: Right. And do you ever see a day maybe where you could organize a festival and actually do a festival out on the family farm? Like, how cool would that be?
1: I have uh, thought about something like that, but it's just like when you get into like the logistics and you're looking at like all the insurance you have to get and everything else is just like, I don't know. Like I know in my hometown, I don't think anyone's going to trip over a stone and sue me or anything like that. They're all pretty good people, but you don't know about those out of towners, like people coming in from Toronto. You never know. I'm kidding, but yeah, no, they're uh, it's, it's pretty everyone there. I think if it was just tied down to like everyone in our community or in the surrounding communities, it'd be fine. But uh, you never know what can happen at those festivals, but maybe, exactly. maybe someday.
0: And let's talk about that farm. Let's talk about growing up. I know music goes a long way back for you and your family because I think your great grandpa played guitar. Is that true?
1: My great grandpa, I do believe, did play like guitar and like he had like the thumb picks and everything like that. And uh, and on the other side of my family, my great grandfather on my maternal side played the fiddle. So it's it's kind of on both sides. And my mom is a musician. My uh, grandfather on the paternal side is a musician as, as well as like a bunch of my aunts and uncles. They all play. Um, but he he's really good. My grandfather, too, like he, he could sing and and do all that. But he, he ever made it uh, as far as a church because, you know, he's he like kind of just being quiet and living a quiet life. But he's uh, very inspiring, especially with his mu- musical influences. They they had a heavy influence on me. Your
0: mom was also big into music growing up and and she was sort of one of the reasons as well along with your grandpa so what is the first memory that you have of being introduced to music was it through your mom or was it through your grandpa
1: it's probably my mother like she always encouraged me to learn instruments and stuff and uh you know she's an amazing vocalist so you know she was always singing and and trying to encourage us uh, us kids to sing and You know, I started playing piano. I never got very great at it, but, you know, I I did enjoy it. And then I switched to violin and doing that. And I think, like, I was doing kind of more, like, classic music, which I love. I have a huge passion for, you know, classical music as well. But it just wasn't what I enjoyed playing necessarily. So when, uh, not to mention it's extremely difficult, but, you know, (laughs) it was kind of when my grandfather came in and my mom kind of developed these talents over time where I was able to kind of have a good year for music. And, uh, you know, once I started hearing what my grandpa was playing in the country music, I was like, this is, you know, what I really like. Like, this is, this is my kind of thing. So I, you know, I gravitated towards that and I definitely think that they both had a huge hand in developing, you know, how I am and who I am as an artist and, and musician.
0: And one of the times I think it goes all the way back to, I think, seven years old, you were performing on stage with the with the violin or the fiddle, whatever you're playing at that point. Was that with your mom or was that like for a local talent competition or what was that from?
1: That was with my mom is a little show she put on. So I hopped up on there. I believe I was singing uh, Superman. I was obsessed with Superman as a kid. And uh, I thought he's just one of the most badass characters ever, ever, ever. So it was, I was anything affiliated with Superman was my thing. So I sang a song called Superman. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was a ton of fun. It was probably one of my first like performance aside from just doing, you know, violin concerts. Right. And
0: so when did, cause at seven you play on stage and then it kind of goes away and you get into everyday life. And so was there a point where before we get to like the boots and hearts thing, but before that, when you were younger, whereas was there a time when music was something that you were interested in and and doing as a career, or did that not really take shape until you were older?
1: I always had a, a passion for it. Right. But, you know, I was always, I'm a really very realistic person so i you know i I was like the odds of me actually like making something out of this are very slim so i'd better you know just look at other things you know i was passionate about a lot of stuff growing up like you know football and farming and like same as a lot of other kids growing up right there's always a sport or something that they're interested in and then uh you know all of a sudden you're thrown into the real world and i quickly realized that a lot of the things i was doing like weren't really like Making me feel whole. I I, I was uh, I moved out west when I was nineteen, and you know, started into sheet metal and plumbing. uh, Thanks to my uncle, my uncle took me under his wing, and uh, we. I just got halfway through it, and I was just like, you know what, I I I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you know, it is a good job, and it was fun. I love putting stuff together like that, but uh, there's something inside me saying like, I got to really kick myself in the rear if I don't go back home move in with my parents again and and try to do something crazy. So I'm really glad I did. And, you know, the team and people I've met along the way have really helped me get to this place I'm in now.
0: Right. And before we get to that, I just wanted to talk about when you were young, your parents divorced, you moved into Peterborough. Now, during that time, was music a support for getting you through that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like when people separate it's normally for like a good reason, and uh, I think my parents have always loved us quite a bit and we're always supportive. And I think the initial shock for any kid is like, Oh man, like that's crazy. But um, we quickly realized that, you know, they're just two very different people. Like my, my dad's very, you know, like raised up right in the country kind of thing. And my mom was in the, the city. And so it, it was uh, an interesting dynamic to start with, but yeah, I moved in uh, with my mother into Peterborough for oh, okay. like a couple of years. And then, I kind of gravitated towards more of like who my father is. <laughs> I was like, you know, I love my mom, but I got to get out of the city. So I moved back. I've actually moved in with my grandparents for a while where there's a, uh, you know, it was right in the middle, didn't offend anybody. So I just lived there and they're glad to have me for a little bit. And, uh, except for my laundry habits, I tossed laundry all over my, ask my wife. it drives her crazy. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was, uh, pretty fun experience. But music definitely was uh, when I was down, it was a crush for sure.
0: And with your grandpa playing guitar,
1: when did you start to pick up the guitar? Was it during
0: that time when you were living with them and, and playing with him? Or was it later on that you started to develop that skill?
1: I started playing when I was 12. So I just moved to Peterborough, I think. And I just kind of decided like I, I had one and I was trying to figure out chords and stuff on it and um i just couldn't get anywhere so my mom got a teacher and he played in a, a band uh, that was pretty local and they're they're a pretty great band they're, they're the Weber brothers and they uh they kind of have like this old kind of country folky kind of vibe so him and i got along really well and he like i think one of my first songs ever was walk the line and just like that kind of chicken picking kind of sound always resonated with me so I uh, picked that up. I got into hair metal, like every (laughs) guy that learns the guitar does like, and then because obviously there's Eddie Van Halen, but that his, his skill level is far beyond anything I've ever been able to accomplish. But uh, yeah, I picked it up around 12 and I just, I had a a passion for it. I'd play four hours a night, every night and just, you know, is my thing. I really enjoyed guitar and I thought I was going to be a lead guitar player before I I ever thought I was going to be a singer.
0: Okay. And I know during 2020, you kind of took that on to learn more of the lead guitar stuff, right?
1: I did. I was actually, I was just practicing <laughs> before you <we> hopped <laughs> Nice. I've got a show coming up, and I'm gonna start, you know, doing some of that stuff. But uh, it's hard. It's it's a different uh, playing rhythm guitar and and playing lead guitar are two completely separate things, but they're the same. They you got to it's kind of a, a Two-headed beast, and you you gotta take on both both ends of it. So it's uh it's definitely a lot of fun though to learn. It's uh it's a good challenge. Is it something that
0: you think you will do on stage, or is there too much thinking with having to think about the singing and performing part and then thinking about like being the lead guitarist as well?
1: My lead player, Chris, is a phenomenal guitar player. So until I get like maybe half as good as him, then I'll consider doing it live but like i can play decently enough but i can't play it um 100 every single time so until i can do that i'm not confident in, uh, i just don't want to mess up on stage that's always everyone's fear right yeah and i have a terrible amount of stage fright for every show so if I had that added on to it i'd, I'd be a wreck <laughs> And now with the stage performing, I know that you started out
0: playing bars sort of around the local area. Was that before Boots and Hearts or was Boots and Hearts really the first thing?
1: Oh, is definitely uh, before that I kind of did the grind that a lot of musicians do. And I think it's um, I think it's good. It's, it's uh, one of those things that I, I encourage um, young artists to do because, you know, there's going to be moments even after you know, you've won boots and hearts or you've done this or that. And and it's going to kind of affect uh, your mentality. You know, there's no one's ever going to always cheer. You're going to be the opening act here and there. So the bars really instill that in you, you know, that they, they kind of cause you'll be playing and it might be a song you wrote and poured all, all your heart into, but you know, everyone's just there to have a good time and have a conversation. You can't take it to heart. So it also gets your wraps in and, you know, it, it was an incredible experience playing, uh, you know, locally and, and kind of developing a, a kind of a home base uh, as far as like people that enjoy my music, uh, because it's funny, you, you play a song for them, they hear it for the first time, then a couple of years later, you release it and it's just twice as exciting for you and them.
0: I heard you talk about sort of a place out in the middle of nowhere that was also a Chinese restaurant that you played in quite a bit. Talk about that one.
1: That, that's in millbrook so it was oh, okay. uh, my hometown is in millbrook and uh that was kind of like it's right outside of millbrook pretty much but funny thing about that place is it started as a honky tonk way back in the day is uh made by uh joe joe and patty Aylward put it together and they uh just amazing people but my dad used to be a bouncer there and oh, okay how, how he met my mother my mother came in one night they met at the honky tonk and then uh they started a life. The honky tonk closed down, and it converted to a Chinese food restaurant. One of the best ever, by the way. I don't think I've had any better. But uh, you know, years kind of go by, and then I was doing this music thing, and I was, I was having a tough time kind of getting anyone to like notice my music in in like Peterborough or Port Hope. I'm not to say that there there weren't incredible supporters, but it's just uh, I don't know if it's a very country crowd and but like as soon as you go like 10 minutes out of there it, it's big everyone loves country so we started doing these things at the the golden wheel honky tonk because my dad called in and, and asked if we could convert it back to the honky tonk and we did and you know the first show it was you know a decent turnout there's like probably like a good 20 people and then uh it just went to like 50 to 60 to 100 and then we're selling the whole place out and it was just the community, people I went to high school with and, you know, folks I grew up with. And it was just like the most incredible feeling because I never played like a, a full bar or anything like that before. And, you know, having them show up and support the local guy felt amazing. And it, I felt really at home uh, doing that. It was a blast. If I could go back and do any performance again and be there.
0: <laughs> and I don't know if it was that honky-tonk, but I know there was a night where you ran into a stranger and either you or him were wearing a boots and hearts hat and you guys started talking about that and that led i believe to meeting with shannon mcniven now talk about that whole experience that meeting and then especially meeting shannon and what he's meant for your career
1: well i met this guy his name is travis berlinbach and uh basically where i was finishing a gig and i was going to the atm Cause uh, I don't know why, but I was just going to the ATM and I, I saw him there and he had the boots and hats hard on. And I I said, I was like, Oh, it's like, do you work at boots and hearts? And he's like, "Uh, no, I don't like I played there though. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. Like I, it's my dream to, you know, play there someday. Like that'd be amazing. And he's like, Oh, you sing. And I was like, yeah, and you know I'd had a few. So I I was, I wasn't like confident or anything. I just didn't care. So he's like, well, sing something for me right now. And I started singing and then he's like, take down my number. So I did. And then we, we ended up meeting for a drink later down, down the line. Um, And he, he basically helped develop me as an artist too, because I didn't know any of the the rules and, you know, that I had to sing into like studio stuff. Like he helped kind of develop all of that as, as far, and also my songwriting, he, he took me under his wing, helped me out a huge amount um and then he's like you know i got this guy that i think he should meet i think you're ready so after some development uh he called shannon and shannon came down and sat in his living room and we i played a couple tunes for him and then you know a few months go by and he he suggested he's like here's the first thing i think you should do he's like i think you should apply for boots and hearts so we did and i don't think any of us expected for the win like honestly there like it was just kind of I was glad to be there the whole weekend um, and we played our hearts out, but it was never, it was never really like competition. And once you're there, like you'll, you'll see that too. Like, like any artist that ever competes there, I, I wouldn't even call it competing. It's just an experience to meet people and, and uh, it, it is a ton of fun. And, you know, I was, I was super blessed to have that, that opportunity. And it all led from, from Travis and to Shannon and Shan, obviously uh, I worked together with Shan uh, all the time, and he's w- one of the my dearest friends, and he's got the biggest heart and uh you know, I'm really glad to have him in a corner and I still write with Travis too, so <laughs> nice uh, it's it's a ton of fun to have those guys uh be my friends i'm I'm really blessed to have them in my life.
0: It's funny how one little experience outside a bar can kick start basically a career, right? like just think if you wouldn't have had. That interaction outside that bar—how different things could look right now.
1: I 100%. I I agree. I I, like. I don't even know. It's uh, it's crazy. One moment. That's why I say to people, go out, play the bars, make connections. It's uh, this industry is talented as some people may be. It kind of relies on the connections you make, and uh, and how you treat people. So it's um, it's definitely one of those things that I was blessed to encounter in my life. Um, and for, the, for people that are still grinding out, just keep doing it. There's there's going to be a time where you meet your guy at the ATM or, or somewhere I know. And you talked about the stage fright a bit. Now
0: talk about the first performance at Boots and Hearts during that competition, walking out on stage. What was that like for you?
1: It was, oh man, I was mortified. I was so scared, like just, even being there like i remember like driving onto the grounds and my stomach just started turning uh, and it was uh it's weird but once you actually get up there and you're playing then every all the knots kind of come out like I, I always tell people there's a three song rule like you play your first one halfway through it you feel a bit better you finish the song strong the second one you're like all right like let's get going and then by the third you're, you're kind of rolling and it feels good but it's uh it's, it's, there's always like moments in the set too, where everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes all the time, but it's that might trip you up and put you right back to the, get the start in the beginning. But, you know, uh, it's definitely a ton of fun to just kind of like, you know, do that. I think as soon as the butterflies are gone, I'll have no passion for music. So I love them. And how did that experience ignite
0: your passion and make you realize that this was now an option as a career. Like, did you sort of believe that when you were playing the bars back home that this could be a career option before Boots and Hearts?
1: Um, I definitely debated it. I kind of like, I never expected to kind of get to this position I'm in now as as quickly as it all happened. And it was, uh, you know, thanks to incredible people in my corner that made it happen. But, you know, when I was playing those bars, I never expected to like, get famous or anything from that i was just really having a good time and you know honing my craft and and, uh you know meeting people and then eventually when i played boots that was kind of the moment you know playing to a crowd and having people interact with your your music was kind of like all of a sudden i was like this is really what i want like you know before boots too i definitely wanted that but i'd never had an experience where you know everyone was like paying attention other than you know at my local honky tonk, but I, I, am like I said, I'm really realistic. So I always thought like, you know, I'm playing to my hometown, but, and they, they're really supportive of me, but like, what, what's the rest of the world get to think? And uh, that always held me back. And then, you know, playing all these other festivals and and having these other opportunities, kind of any new opportunity for me really ignites the fire in, in me to, to like keep doing this. It, it really is like, The best thing ever. And I heard you talk
0: about after winning Boots and Hearts, that things kind of slowed down a bit. The career of country music sort of took over and it gave you the realization that things aren't just going to happen overnight. It's not the next day you're recording a song. And so what was that period like for you in wanting to hit the ground and get going, but having to wait for sort of the business to catch up?
1: I mean the main thing in music like the rule of thumb and everyone says it is it's all hurry up and wait so it's like hurry to get this done and then you wait you just wait 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 like like all night to figure it out when we released that it'd been a year since I recorded it almost Uh, and it was just it's crazy how it works but like uh we basically like I just went back to farming and and regular work and is so random because like, you almost forget what you're doing. Right. You get really involved with like, like the farm stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you have a gig coming up and you're opening for, you know, the rec laws or or someone. Right. And then you're like, Oh, like what? Like that's, that's real life. And then, you know, you, you get your stuff, you get it together and uh, you go out and play and then you wait a little bit more. And then obviously it's like, after you've kind of gotten to a certain point, there's still a whole ton of development. There's always going to be development with artists. And uh, for me, I'm still, I'm still a young artist and, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get known enough that I can kind of play out of province and play these different shows. And I'm really blessed to be able to do that. And I absolutely love it, but it's a very slow moving donkey, you know, like, kind of pack it up and you're like all right all my eggs are in this basket and we just gotta wait till it gets there it's 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 kind of uh it's an interesting way like to do business but that's just the the way it is so it's uh you know been doing a lot of side jobs and and work like that on the way and then we're kind of at a place where this is like the full-time thing and we're able to afford it
0: right and in late 2018 you went down to nashville after winning boots and hearts was that your first time going down there
1: it wasn't actually i uh, had gone down i'd gone down with a a friend of mine stephen lawrence was the first one to take me down and he he's a writer and he's got he's had a couple songs on the radio and uh he took me down he's like you gotta just go to nashville and see it and then that will inspire you and i was like yeah sure whatever and I hopped in the car and he was right. He was, he's dead on the money. Um, once I was there, uh, it was an incredible experience. Like it was just overall a really great trip wrote with Aaron Goodvin. And uh, I was just like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is a ton of fun. So I, we ended up going home and uh, I went back again uh, with my buddy, uh, Daryl and uh, he's written, he he wrote hack and darts with me and we're down there recording another song that we're demoing it up and it's going to be on the album. So it's kind of oh, okay. it's weird. Like I said, slow moving. We did this like, like six years ago, almost or, or five. I don't even know, but it's, wow. now we're releasing it. But uh, yeah, I went a couple times, saw what it was like to be down there and, you know, felt everyone builds each other up. It, it's an amazing community. Um, so, yeah, I saw that. And I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. And as far
0: as the songwriting goes, When did that start for you? Is that something you did when you were younger? Or what did that sort of kick into gear more later on?
1: I've always kind of written songs, but, you know, they haven't always been great. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a lot of uh, incredible writers that helped me get to the point I am with some of the songs, you know, I'm, I have my name on there, but it's most of the time it's their ideas and their passion. that kind of feel the project and, you know, I might have a line or two in there, but uh, Travis Wood, Gavin Slate, Todd Clark are the, the main guys that took me under their wing right away and, uh, you know, helped me get to this point. I mean, I I remember the day that Travis came in and I said, I have this idea called got your name on it. And, you know, he started playing the, the chord progression and, And I remember that all unfolding and just seeing there as one of the first ones we ever did. And it took like, it took a full day and we wrote it and I was just like, I can't believe I just watched this magic unfold in front of me. Like just, it's incredible that there's, there's different pillars in the music industry that hold everything together. And, you know, writers are one of them, especially those guys when it comes to my career.
0: Right. And so heading into 2020, you're, you know, getting set to take off. And then when everything slowed down and shut down, what was that like for you as an emerging artist who was getting set to release all this music and have this big thing happen?
1: It, it was not fun. It was, it was kind of like, oh man, like we're just about to go out on a couple tours and, you know, obviously that all kind of got swept under the rug. Um, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a good time for me to kind of like sit back and, analyze some like uh like personal stuff it's like all right like what do i need to do personally to to be better at my craft so it's like let's take some vocal lessons let's take some guitar lessons maybe get in the gym do stuff like that because you know i was i was in a i was playing with a league with bigger fish than you know what i what i could offer and it's it's crazy because you get to this point and then you see how hard everyone else works and you're like all right i got to be that big as well so it's just like i was really inspired uh, with my experiences up to that point, And it kind of pushed me to, to do better. And what was that like? Because
0: before you even released your album, you were becoming a very well-known name within the Canadian country music scene. And what was that like for you to sort of have, have that happen in such a short period of time after doing all those bar gigs and sort of, not knowing if this was going to be a career all of a sudden to be in this group with all these other Canadian country artists, was that um, a difficult thing to wrap your head around?
1: it was uh it's hard to explain like i, I the entire process uh, happened so quickly and it kind of went from like, I don't know but in the entire time it's just been incredible. Canadian country music and the fans there uh, the industry is just like amazing. It's, it was a ton of fun getting to like see that happen and people actually say like, Hey, like I, like, I love your music and stuff like that. Like I've never really been recognized, uh, anywhere. I'm not, I'm not that level yet, but <laughs> yeah. you know, when people are going to festivals and kind of coming out of your way to see your show, um, I can't tell anybody how much that means to me. It, it really does. It, there's just like this feeling, uh, it's just, really feels great and uh, you know I, I felt uh, pretty special having people you know kind of see that and, and and be a part of that it makes me feel great and with the streaming success that you had on your early
0: singles and especially on your videos as well how confident were you in releasing the album even though it was during a time where you weren't going to be able to go out and tour it and promote it in that way
1: i was pretty nervous honestly like uh it was kind of mid-pandemic and uh normally you go out and do these radio tours and you promote everything and um we we kind of had that set up and then everything kind of took a wild turn and really you know why like what are we going to do and then you know i said and we all agreed on the team like like shannon and and mike and my all the guys on my team were like you know what? we should just release it like people are at home that's not going to change the way they listen to music. In fact, it might benefit um, how the album does because people are looking for new music. And we're like, this is the best way We any fans that we do have, like this is what we can do for them. And then uh, we had incredible support from, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, and all the other platforms. They jumped on right away and, and pushed it. And uh, it was incredible to see, you know, people listening and, and being a part of that. And a couple of songs
0: on the album I wanted to talk about. Close is one of the songs that really resonates with fans. Now, when you were writing that, did you have your wife in mind or does it just really feel like that?
1: It, oh, we all did. It was, uh, it's one of those things. Same guys I was talking about earlier. We all, we're all in the room and it's kind of like, uh, like I think it might have been Travis again. Uh, Travis uh, Wood came in and he's just like, I have this idea called Close. And it's it's funny. I always try he's always got these one words, but he's got all these ideas around them. So I, I try to like throw stuff back at them like that. And they're like, No, no, no. We know what you're trying to do here. But it's uh he came in and then uh we're like, Yeah, that's that's great. And this was pre-pandemic that we wrote this, and uh it was really interesting just to like see everyone's input on things. We're like, all right, like we're cool things that you know are are something you really want to do. And and let's just say that like you know, she's better than that. And I remember writing that and it coming together and feeling really special because we all had like a little something about the people we care about in there. And it's kind of like a love anthem for more than just me is, is, is for those guys too. So it's, it's fun to sing that one.
0: Right. And with Boomtown, now I know you've talked about when you went to Calgary to sort of do the the journeyman thing before music and coming back to the family farm, everything was sort of shut down. It wasn't working as a farm anymore. So in Boomtown, is there any of that experience in that song?
1: It is. It was sent to me uh, by Chris Stapleton, actually. Uh, And before I even listened to the song, I was like, I'll take it. I wanted it before anyone else took it. And uh, I listened to it. and I was like, yeah, like this, there's a point in time where I went home and there's nothing on the farm. Like the barn was empty and everything was starting to get overgrown. And it was, uh, it was tough to see. I mean, now it's up and running and it's great, but, uh, you know, at that time, there was definitely some, it was hard to see that. And, uh, you know, it all worked out for the best, but there's, when I sing that, I definitely think of that all the time.
0: And so your first number one in early 2020 with lucky, what was the feeling of that? I mean, It was what, not even three years removed from boots and hearts. And all of a sudden you have a number one. How crazy was that?
1: That was, uh, unexpected. I mean, it was, uh, Canadian country radio has always been such a incredible supporter of everything we do. And it it was really, the ball was in their court to do that and they did. And, uh, you know, they scored big for me and I really having that happen as a Canadian artist, uh, is extremely amazing. It's humbling. And it's, I was very, very pleased to see that. And with all night to
0: figure it out, that's your second number one. Now was that released independently away from universal?
1: Yeah. So we decided to move on. We just had kind of like creative differences and uh, we ended on great terms and we just kind of decided to, you know, spread our wings in different directions, but that one was independent. And, uh, yeah I, I have an independent radio tracker it's just one woman that tracks all the radio and she just she is incredible human being and she i've never seen anyone work as hard as her and she she helped get that song out there and then once again canadian country radio has stepped up in a huge way so her and and canadian country radio her name's anya and they just i don't even know i was terrified releasing it independently and then that yeah, so this one was just as exciting as the first one. And I, I was really, really pleased to see it uh, go up there. I was happy it got to the top 10 and then it just kept going. <laughs> and so moving forward,
0: you talk about you're working on a new album. Can we expect something soon?
1: I, I think we're going to kind of put out a few songs here and there. And, and then we're probably going to tease an album uh, top of this year or before the 2021 is finished. Uh, I hope to have something out there, but I can't give any specific dates yet. We're, we're, we're working on something though, for sure. And the new single with Dean
0: Brody, how did that come about? Did you write it with him in mind or
1: was it just sort of a shot in the dark that will you do this song with me? So the cool thing about uh, that one is I was down in, in Nashville recording and one of the guys, Travis Wood was like, Hey, like listen to this song. Like, what do you think? And I was like, this is, like really good and he's like well like we wrote it with the rec Laws, and and like gavin slate too was on that one and uh i was like i want it really bad like are they doing it and they're like i don't think they are so like if you're interested like let's figure it out and sure enough i got the song i was really really happy about that and then uh dean dean and i have always been teasing like our management saying like hey like why don't you put us on a song together like when's that <laughs> gonna happen and um i always te- tease dean as well i'm like hey like we should do a song together like come on like you know like i grew up listening to dean too so it's right. like it's uh i'm a big fan of him so the song we as soon as we heard it we're like this definitely seems like the song if we're gonna do a collaboration this is the time to do it and uh it worked out great it was uh it, as soon as i heard his voice on it i was like man like this this guy is just, it was so cool. It was a really awesome experience hearing like a song that I'm singing on. Dean Brody is also singing on.
0: And what has he meant for you over the past couple of years? When did you first meet him and sort of how has he helped mentor you within the Canadian country music scene?
1: Yeah, I met him a couple of years ago. We came to my farm and uh, he's just been a, a good like person to contact when, you know, you're confused about how things work and you just see him and the way he deals with things. It's almost enough to kind of like, like, that's how I want to be. That's how I want to act. And he's so well-respected within his camp and, and everywhere else. He's just, I think when you're as good as a person as he is, it, it shines through in every way.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me. Congratulations on the success. And we'll look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thank you very much. You have a wonderful week. Yeah. Thanks. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye.
0: Thank you once again for listening and thank you to Jade for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his new single, more drinking than fishing featuring Dean Brody, wherever you stream your music. Please also make sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on whatever streaming service you are listening on. And also leave a review, a rating, your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support means the world each and every week. Thanks so much once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.